Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. On today's podcast, we've got physiotherapist Hayley Thompson back in the studio to discuss more about pain management and exercise tips to help with pain. So thanks for coming in today, Hayley. Pleasure, Andrew. Nice to be back. I'm really looking forward to diving into this because as far as I understand, exercise plays a, a really key role in the the management or, or helping people with pain and particularly that persistent pain population. So if you could elaborate a little bit for us, how does the treatment for pain differ between the different pain types? As we talked about in the last um, in the last podcast, you can have pain um, as a result of tissue damage, like you've got. Um, I, I do like sticking with the the ankle sprain. It's a nice example. I think we can all relate to. So you can you can have a two day old ankle sprain, and. You can also have that nociplastic pain where you've had low back pain for 25 years, yet everyone's telling you there's there's not much on your scan that you can see. And how we manage these two presentations as, as physios will be really different. So first and foremost, our job is to help you make sense of what's going on. And, and that's the same, whether you've got a two-day-old ankle sprain or you've got 25 years of back pain. But they're going to present very differently. So if you've got an ankle sprain that's a result of tissue damage a couple of days later, you've, you've been playing netball and you came down on your ankle, that's going to be a little bit easier for us to manage and it's also going to be a little bit quicker. Usually pain is complex <laughs> as we learned in the last podcast. But, you know, you're, you've come down on your ankle. Um, they actually sent you off for an X-ray straight away, and the X-ray was clear. And you've you've sprained the big ligament on the outside of your ankle. It's really swollen. But when you come to us, you say, you know what? It's actually getting a little bit better. And what happens is we help you manage that swelling and inflammatory process early. But we know usually that will reduce in an, in a week or two. The pain will reduce with that. Uh, we'll get you moving, we'll work on your strength, we'll work on your balance and we'll we'll help you uh, have a really specific return to play or return to function program. And and we know usually if we stick with our netballer, she'll be back on the court within four to six weeks. Different if someone presents with 25 years of back pain because what we now know is that they've got these complex changes in their nervous system and they've produced pain for 25 years. So we know their pain and its relationship with tissue damage is really weak. There's a lot of evidence that that tells us that. They're going to have a number of different factors influencing their pain. They mightn't be sleeping very well. They might have been really socially isolated and they're, they're really withdrawn from, from people and, and, and relationships are, are really strained in their life. Um, yeah, they are going to have changes and inflammation in their joints as well and, and their muscle system will be affected. You know, their, their, body might, their body weight might be affected. They might have put on weight or, the, or their, their tissues are really unhealthy. All of these different factors need to be addressed in their management plan if long-term they're going to get anywhere. And probably the main difference between the two is the time that will take. So as I said, that ankle sprain you know, in an ideal world, she'll be back on the court in four to six weeks. When you've had back pain for 25 years, when working with a health professional on that journey towards recovery, the process is longer. So it can be three to four months. Sometimes it it can be longer as well. 
Um, so, but, you know, if I bring it back to exercise uh, and what today's podcast is about, we know that movement and exercise, whether, you know, you've got a problem with your muscles, your joints, your spine, your nerves, and whether that's nociceptive nociceptive pain or nociplastic pain or even neuropathic pain, we know that movement is key. And there's different do's and don'ts uh, depending on what you're presenting with. Um, but working with a physio and they they can help you um, through that process and, and guide you through that journey. Okay. And with someone who's had that persistent pain for 25 years, mm. you touched on it about it could take three to four months to resolve, but it wouldn't be something where you'd expect it take 25 years because they've had it for 25, they're going to take 25 years to get rid of it? Yeah, no, that, uh, that's exactly right, Andrew. And and I do say that some sometimes it takes months, but you know what? Sometimes I have certainly seen it not take months. Yeah, wow. And sometimes some some really simple changes can make a massive difference and, and you know, particularly improving what you're doing day-to-day through movement and exercise can have a really profound flow-on effect to improving your cycle health, improving your quality of life. And I think those people who have had pain for a really long time, that's what causes the suffering that comes with their pain, not having that quality of life. So it does usually take longer, but I've certainly seen it not take that long as well. Still very promising. Yeah. And would someone with that 25-year history of pain, it sounds like there's a big psychological component to the pain and will they be seeing just you or will you be involving other health professionals in the the treatment or care of that patient? Yeah, sometimes they might only see myself, mm-hmm. but most definitely our job is to to identify when uh, is an appropriate time to re- refer to someone who has a, has more expertise than I. So most definitely I work closely with a psychologist mm-hmm. and I also work um quite closely with a dietitian and a, f- a pharmacist and and there can also be a, a pain specialist involved. So yeah. it, it's really our job to help identify when we need someone with, with more expertise. Sometimes when we change how someone moves and um, we do things differently and we gradually expose them to more movement, people's psychological health does improve because, hang on, I'm doing things I love again. And, and sometimes people who have been on different journeys are do need to work more closely with a psychologist and need that specific expertise, whether that's around um, improving their sleep or, or how they manage stress or, or sometimes working around the, the concept of acceptance. Okay. So I understand the psychologist, yourself as the physio um, and the pharmacist and the pain specialist, but can you elaborate a little bit more about the dietitian's involvement? Yeah. So we know that um, you're your gut health and and what you eat has a direct influence on the health of your nervous system. And from that pain podcast, we know the changes that have occurred in your nervous system are really what's driving this long-lasting pain. So, it's different for different presentations. For example, we know that having a healthy body weight is um, really important. But in saying that, it's not the sole thing. And, and often people who who may have had, had trouble with their weight get really frustrated by that, you know. And, and I think I'll, I'll often say to them, you know, there's there's also plenty of skinny people that have pain. Mm. And our, I know the dietitian I work with talks a lot about it. it's not always about calories in, calories out. Different foods um, have... Uh, an impact on the level of inflammation in our body and the health of our nervous system. So um, you you don't just need to see a dietitian if you need to lose weight. 
You know, I, I think people, all people with long-lasting pain can really benefit from seeing a good dietitian who has experience in working with people who yeah, have pain. Yeah, absolutely, definitely. Um, and Hayley, from your experience, what is the, the best type of exercise for someone with, um, and we'll, we'll, we'll stick on the lower back pain um, pathway, is that your special area? What, um, yeah, what, what kind of exercises would you generally prescribe for someone with that persistent back pain? I usually break it down. So I think with movement and exercise, we know it's key in helping um, reduce the sensitivity of your nervous system, but there's certainly no one size fits all approach. So uh, I do work uh, in uh, group programs and I can have 10 people with lower back pain in front of me and they might all have had pain for 10 years plus, but their programs will all look very different depending on how they're presenting and, and what factors are driving their pain experience. But I do like to broadly think of it uh, in terms of four different areas. So you've got movement that's good for your health. And, and that's thing, that can be things like walking, swimming, cycling. And, and it's not telling someone go and walk 10 minutes on your street every day. Uh, it's working with the person in front of you and working out how can they move consistently and how will that look for them. And that might be walking your dog. If you love being by the water, that might be walking at the beach. It might be being on a scooter with your grandchild. But that's one component is aerobic exercise, um, which you enjoy. The second area is really stretching and, and, and relaxation type work that some people need more of. And that can look very differently for different people. So some examples might be Tai Chi, uh, different yoga routines that might be stretching. And it, it might also be breathing exercises. You know, we know people who have had long-term pain and that pain affects the way they move quite often they're actually not good at switching their muscles off and they need to do some breathing work. And, and, and Tai Chi can be nice, particularly if you're someone who likes being outdoors or you like being by the water. It's really safe movement for your system. The third area is building up the strength in your muscles and strength and conditioning. And again, that's going to look different for everyone, but but broadly you can work. Uh, this isn't, I'll say to people, this isn't about doing burpees and doing chin-ups. You know, quite often, particularly people who have had long-term pain, have had a really bad experience of being thrown in a gym and then being in bed for four days as a result. So it's about working out what muscles you do need to strengthen. And for example, with back pain, sometimes people need to, to work their, their buttock and leg muscles. They're not using them as much. They're using their back more. Uh, but your health professional, your physio can work with you and, and work out what you need to work on there. And then the, the last one is, is, is balance. And I think sometimes that's what's missed a little bit. And that's really important, particularly for people who also present with things like osteoporosis or they're, they're at risk of having a fall. Sometimes people who have had pain for a long time have avoided different movements. And, you know, I'll see people, I had a, a man in his mid forties who had presented to a specialist who had said, you know what, there's nothing on your scan. You need to go and work with a physio. And he was on two walking sticks because he was so afraid 
of of what movement was going to do to his body. Wow. Yeah. So imagine this man who'd who'd been really dependent on walking sticks and had been doing a lot of sitting, so he didn't do more damage. He, we needed to to get him out moving freely, moving in a relaxed way, work on his balance, and and help get him back to doing those things that pain had taken away from him. So that's really how I break down um, movement for someone with long-term pain. But yeah. it, it's, of course, going to look different for yeah, everyone. Yeah, for every person. And is that – would you commonly um, structure that or phrase that to a patient in front of you? That it will look differently? Well, or that there's the four sort of areas to it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. most definitely. Sometimes sometimes people like that, particularly yeah. people who have had a, a background in exercise or sport – Sometimes I won't do that at all, Andrew. You know, as I said, some people have had a really bad experience. I've had a lady say to me, exercise is a dirty word. She's seen lots of different people and she says the word exercise makes me sore. So that's that's when I'll start going, okay, we're not going to exercise. You know what? We're going to move. Yeah. And how are we going to move in a way that brings meaning back into your life? Okay. So, yeah, it can look really different. Yeah, wow. Um, so with the, the moving and exercising point of view, it's not just about tissue health and regaining that. There's obviously, you know, um, goals or, or getting things that people enjoy doing again that they might have avoided, such as walking without sticks. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's, um, as I said, it, it's about getting people back to doing those things in life that they enjoy. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I've had a person in pain once say to me, "It's about, uh, you help me get back to doing the things that give me goosebumps. And for her, that was gardening. Yeah. And okay, what do we need to work on to get you gardening? It's your balance. It's how you're bending. It's how long you can tolerate on your feet. Um, and, and also exercise, as you said, it's not only changing the, the physical health of your tissues, it's, it's changing your, your confidence and, and how safe you feel in your body. It, you know, we know that you've got a drug cabinet stored in your brain that stores really strong feel-good chemicals and, you know, a lot of people in pain can't or don't tap into that because they're not moving. So we know that movement and exercise makes you feel good. It releases endorphins and um, so most definitely movement isn't just about changing your physical health, it's also um, your mental health and your general well-being and vitality. And how did that make you feel when the, the patient told you that you got her back to gardening? Yeah, Andrew, I cry all the time. That, oh, ma- wow. that makes really? me, yeah. oh, you know, I, I see, I see myself as a really small part of of these people's journey back to recovery and back to doing things in their life that are important to them. And for me, it's a massive privilege to be to be a small to play a small part in that journey. L- you know, let's face it, I consider myself as a cheerleader. They're the ones out there doing doing the hard work and and making the changes in their life um, day to day. And and I'm just there cheering them on, nudging them in the right direction. But yeah, it's a privilege. There's there's tears. There's often tears. Yeah. <laughs> and, and honestly, as a as another clinician, it's really empowering and motivating to see just how passionate you are about it. So yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, thanks, Andrew. Your patients are lucky. <laughs> so if someone does have persistent or nociceptive pain, should they push through exercising if they experience pain? Mm, and again, I, I 
feel like I'm sounding like a bit of a broken record. There's going to be really, um, there's going to be do's and don'ts depending on what you're presenting with. So, for example, if you're you're presenting with a broken ankle, you've got nociceptive pain, we're not going to tell you to push through pain. So there will be do's and don'ts and that's why it's important to see a physio and work through that. But I like to think as a really general concept, the only reason we should be totally resting is because of major trauma or broken bones. Otherwise, movement and exercise is going to be part of the recovery process. And of course, that's that's going to look really different. Yeah. I would like to hone in a little bit on on persistent pain yeah. or, or nociplastic pain because I think that's where I see this concept really affect people's quality of life. They relate, I can't move without pain to like having a broken bone. Yeah. And that affects their physical and mental well-being. It also affects the relationships and, and people around them. And we know, as I, as I talked about with you in the in the previous podcast about pain, is we know when you've had pain for a long time, you've had these changes in your nervous system, and it's now really good at protecting you. So a painful body part is actually a lot safer than it feels, although that can seem really strange. And it's actually really safe to load and, and move a painful body part, although sometimes it feels like it, it it, it isn't. Um, and your physio can give you specific advice around that, but a concept is what we call pacing is really important to answer this question. So when we have pain and we're trying to move, it, it, it does a couple of things. We either do less, which in the short term can be helpful, in the long term unhelpful. Mm-hmm. We change how we move, we, we breathe differently, we brace. And again, in the short term, if you've day one of an acute flare-up of back pain, that's helpful, but year 25, that's unhelpful. Mm. Or we do more because we go, you know what, I'm having a good day, I'm going to do all the housework and then I'm going to do the groceries and I'll pay for it later in the week. Yeah. So that's where we bring in a concept of pacing and and so we know that pain is going to be part of the process when we start moving because our system is protecting us too well. And I'll work with people with a real traffic light approach. And although that seems simple, people love it and they run with it. So this is in a general sense and and your physio can give you more specifics um, when they're working with you and have heard your story. But I'll say to people, if roughly, if you have three, four out of 10 pain or less, it's the green zone. You're sore, but you're safe. You can very confidently know that you can move in that zone and you're not doing damage because mm-hmm. that's your system protecting you too well. You then start moving up into amber and it's like the traffic light, you know, it depends on what sort of driver you are. Um, <laughs> of course, I'll stop, but some people, you know, they'll, they'll slow down or they'll they'll try and get through. But that's that five, six, seven out of ten pain where, you know, okay, you're there. Sometimes you've got to be there to get stuff done, but slow down and, and try and get back to that green zone when you can. Your nine, 10 out of 10 pain is your red zone. And if you're someone who's had back pain for 25 years, if you're spending your day up in that zone, if you're trying to exercise and and do this hard work that's putting you up in nine, 10 out of 10 pain, all that you're doing is helping your system get better at producing pain. Mm -hmm. You're driving that sensitivity. So there are going to be times you've got to be up there because there's stuff that you've got to get done or there there are exceptions. But 
you are safe to be working down in that green zone. And and that's where your physio will try and start your your exercise or your movement program. You're sore, but you're safe. And and another nice real slogan catchphrase that we, we use is motion is lotion. And what you find is over time with persistence and patience and and understanding what's going on, the amount you can do in that green zone significantly increases. So yes, pain is going to be part of the process when you start moving if you've had pain for a really long time. Okay. So for someone with persistent pain and sticking to the the concept of the uh, traffic light, which I really like, if they're they're in um, that green zone, it's okay for them to keep doing what they're doing. And would you expect them to only experience that zero to four out of 10 pain whilst they're doing it? Or would would you expect them to feel it for the next two days or two weeks afterwards? Yeah, it's really important that we bring consistency back into someone's week. So finding the right movement and exercise program is a little bit sometimes like medication. You've got to find the right dose and the right diet for someone. And sometimes that can be almost like an experiment. And we work through with that because some people might work in that green zone and then they actually find their pain is so unpredictable because of changes that have occurred in their nervous system. They then might be in bed for two days. Mm. That's unhelpful. And that's where your physio will come in and, and they'll work with you. Sometimes it's changing your exercise. Sometimes it's 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 incorporating different things such as as breathing and and relaxation and more mo- movement type work. So yeah, the, the point of an exercise and movement program is to bring consistency back into someone's week. So we help you um, work out how you're pulling up. So you shouldn't be pulling up the next day with pain that's worse as a result of that program. Okay. So it should stay in the the green zone whilst you're doing it and then slowly dwindle away over the next 12, 24 hours? Yeah, yeah. But I think, um, you know, what's also important to, to mention, Andrew, particularly when we start getting people back to moving who may not have moved for a long time is getting temporary muscle soreness is normal. Mm-hmm. You know, it happens to all of us when we, we go back to something we haven't done for a while or we try something new, we might get um, pain or, or muscle stiffness and, and that's a normal response for, for 24, 48 hours. Sometimes when we start doing different movements or exercises, we can have a, a temporary flare-up of pain. And again, you know, it, it comes back to that concept of um, there's more to pain than damage. So that doesn't often mean that you've done more damage. Mm-hmm. And it's, it can be scary the first time it happens, but that's where your physio can come in and, and really help you tweak your program and incorporate different things. So it's not, movement is not the only thing that's going to be part of your your program. It might also be looking at your sleep, which can then uh, influence how you're pulling up after your movement program. So pain is complex. It is complex. (laughs) I was just going to say that. So to, to put a little bit of pressure on you, if we stick to the patient population group of the persistent back pain, Mm. Would you be able to provide us with three little tips or, or something that our, our audience could take away with um, from all of the great information you've given us today? Yeah, I think if we're, we're talking about pain and then pain and movement, my first take home is your pain is real. 
Your pain is not in your head. Your pain is 100% real. And if you can work with a physio and work with, a, with with an exercise physiologist, with a podiatrist, whatever that may be, and they can help you make sense of your pain, help you understand what's going on, they can help push you in the direction of best evidence-based treatments and movement is one of them. Recovery is on the cards. Your pain is real and have hope things can change. I get really sad as a physio when people um, ha- may have been told or they believe that things can't change. So your pain is real and things can change. My second take home, particularly around persistent pain and movement, is the amount of pain you have doesn't directly equal how much tissue damage you have. We know that really confidently from good research, but we also know that from working with lots of people who have pain. A number of different things will influence what you're feeling, how physically active you are, different memories, your sleep, your diet, how socially connected you are, how you manage stress. Um, So there's more to pain than damage. And and my third take-home, of course, is movement is key and movement is safe no matter what you're presenting with, unless you're presenting after major trauma or you've got a broken bone, movement is going to be involved. And we know from good research that if you can work with a physio and and move in a way, a a relaxed way that helps you, um, improves the health of your tissues, but also makes you feel more confident in your body, we know this can can reduce pain and improve what you're doing day to day. Yeah. Yeah. So that uh, old adage of motion is lotion. Motion is lotion. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Look, Haley, I um, I really would like to thank you for coming on the show again today. As, as you've really untangled a lot of the complexities surrounding pain, and um, I'm sure our audience will have got a lot out of it because I know I certainly have. Fantastic. Thanks for having me, Andrew. So, guys, be sure to leave us a rating and review if you like the show. 